Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Join us September 25th, 26th, and 27th for a three-day special streaming event, Strange Realities, to push the limits of your reality. Featuring authors, academics, researchers, occultists, experiencers, podcasters, and practitioners. All presenting fresh, cutting-edge material and research. Streaming live. Featuring presentations by Brent Reigns. Editor of Alternate Perceptions Magazine. Aaron Gullius. Host of the Saucer Life Podcast. David Metcalf. Writer and researcher. Alan Greenfield. Author of Secret Cipher of the Euphonauts. Stephanie Quick. Writer and blogger. Red Pill Junkie. 14 researcher and explorer. Tim Banal. Host of Banal of America. Guy Malone. Iconoclast and troublemaker. Timothy Ritter. Host of Strange Familiars. Kiki Dombrowski. Author and practitioner. Greg Bishop, author of Project Beta. Ginny Ashford, host of 13 O'Clock. Recluse, host of The Farm. Jack Montgomery, Folk Magic. Joshua Cutchin, author of Thieves in the Night. Reverend Michael Carter, Alien Contact Experiencer. Dr. Future, host of Future Court. Tony Kale, author of Memphis Hoodoo. Rin Collier, Occultist. Soraya Ascap, host of Where Did the Road Go? John Tinney, Ghost Stalkers and Hell. All three days, only $20. Tickets and info available at strangerealitiesconference.com. Brought to you by the Conspiranormal Podcast. Conspiranormal.com. Strange realities. And we are live. Welcome, guys, to a special live version of Conspiranormal. This may be the first time we've actually really done this as the podcast. And what we're doing tonight is we're starting a series with the speakers and presenters from our upcoming strange realities conference. And so we're very happy to have the first set of three here for the next 45, 50 minutes. And that's Greg Bishop. Who's over there in like, you know, a weird (laughs) wrestler mask, which we got somebody else in a weird wrestler mask, red pill junkie. And get to see to see the mysterious red pill junkie and uh, David Metcalf who feels left out right now because he doesn't have a I got wrestler, wrestler mask. <laughs> you didn't get the I feel left out. 
Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So do I, man. I think we need a. I think we need a Mexican wrestler mask. For we can sure. just get corpse paint. I'll do some. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. You want to look like? Um, you want to? You want to look like a Swedish death metal band? Yeah, that's Scandinavian yeah. death uh, metal band. It's Norwegian black metal, Adam. Norwegian. Uh, yeah, thank you. I'm, uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm square, guys. What can hey, I Gre- say? Hey, Greg, put your, put your put your put your face uh, closer so everyone can really see the detail on on yours, Greg, because it's it's like two saucers with beams coming down. It looks like that's Senior Ovni. Yes, <laughs> Senior Ovni was uh, designed and, and and manufactured in an actual professional uh, wrestling uh, mask store in in Mexico City. They make the actual masks for the uh, Mexican wrestlers. I mean, that's that's their business. Yes. So um, when I was there, I said, "Hey, Miguel, I want to get a nice wrestling mask. Can we go to the wrestling mask store?" Sure, sure. And I said, I kind of thought for a second. I said, "Do they do custom work?" And he said, <laughs> "Why, yes, they do." So for two or three hours, he sat there and drew. And I said, "Change this. Do this." You know, do you want this? Do you want that? And he said, do you want a Damsky saucers? And I said, damn straight, I want a Damsky saucer. <laughs> there they are with flames coming out. Yes. The thing yeah. about it is it looks like Kelly Hopkinsville ears, too. Exactly. Yeah. Goblet. Yeah, Kelly What's Hopkinsville a, goblet ears. What is yours, Red Pill? Or did you just make that specifically as no, Red Pill? Alas, no. Uh, so the story behind the mask, I don't know if everybody knows it, but... Uh, when my friends Micah Hanks and Scotty Roberts were planning on uh, launching the Paradigm Symposium. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Minnesota. Yes, it was in 2012. You know, they, they thought of it as some kind of like end of the world, the biggest party ever, right? In case the, the world did end in December, which I actually suspect it did. <laughs> because I will explain everything that happened afterward, but uh, I, I I ended up planning on on going to to Minneapolis, and I was like, oh, they got this. I had this opportunity because nobody knew my face. You know, none of these these guys have ever uh, seen me in person or, or or even in Skype. And one of uh, my Micah's friends suggested that I that I came in, a, in wearing a luchador mask and I. I thought, well, I was, you know what? That's an awesome idea. So what I did is I ended up going to that place that I took uh, Greg this year, looking for a, for a, 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 a mask that I could wear, and I obviously had to be red, you know, it's red peel, and I found this in their catalog. You know, I guess it belong. It's uh, the, the mask of Song, actual professional wrestler. I don't know his name, but I liked it because. Of uh, pr- for practical reasons, it is, it's very easy to take on and off. Unlike Greg's, who actually has to, you know, you have to st- uh, tie it with um, like shoelaces on the back, you know, like yeah, I feel like the gimp from uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whereas this one has just you know this uh, very convenient placed uh, velcro here, and it it, it le- lets all my face. Uh, uncovered, which is very comfortable for speaking. The only problem that I, that it, this one has is that I don't, I can't use my 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 glasses. Uh, maybe when I actually go and design one for myself, 
uh, I'll actually, you know, try to 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 ask okay, them. I'm sitting to, close, to like, like something. Screen. Yeah, <laughs> something so I can put on the, the the glasses or something. And I want to say too to the guys that are what the people that are watching at home. Uh, this is how, especially if you're watching this on the Strange Reality streaming platform. Uh, this is how we are actually going to be doing this conference right, right here. So each speaker is going to be, is going to be speaking and either they are going to be manipulating their own PowerPoint or we are, but you're going to see them on one side of the screen. You'll see the PowerPoint on the other. For those of you that are listening to the podcast right now, that doesn't make much sense, but uh, the primary reason that we're doing this, well, first of all, I'll get you guys familiar with, this platform since we're going to be using it in a few weeks at the strange realities conference on September 25th, 26th and 27th. I'll do my shameless plug right there is that we're, I just want to talk to you guys a little bit about what you're going to be presenting and kind of like a little like sneak preview of what people can expect. And we'll just kind of go from there. So who would want to start first? Uh, okay. I'll do even though I haven't sent you a subject for the talk yet. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm going to wing it right now. Wow. Well, the idea I had, which is partially written, I mean, I've got Just give me some kind of loose title when, when yeah. you can, Greg. And that's all we, that's all we I really know. need at the moment. Help him out, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think something like um, the right brain and oblique science, how, how ufology can meet... Uh, Meet, uh, meet, meet the uh, phenomenon on its own terms maybe a little bit better. Um, and that's kind of what I'm going to talk about. People are obsessed with data. People are obsessed with um, gathering some kind of photo. David left. I'm boring the crap out of him. Um, <laughs> He's texting yeah. Louis Elizondo. Yeah, exactly. Hey, get on there right now. <laughs> Um, they figure the more pictures and the more data we have, the better handle we get on this. How much more data do we need to get a better handle? Um, so I thought, you know, and my friends, uh, uh, Red Pill Miguel and, and David, they kind of agree with me. It's like, well, what about the right brain part? What about how it affects people's lives? You cannot put on a chart somebody having their entire life changed within, in, you know, a minute. Some people see a UFO at close or any of these things at a close range and their lives are changed forever by, so basically it's trauma. Exactly. So uh, I want to talk about, you know, some of those issues. Okay, cool. cool. Sounds interesting. Yeah. So we got a working does, title now. That's great. Yeah. That does yeah. sound, that does sound really, that does sound really interesting. Of course, I, I would expect nothing less because you really, uh, you really blaze the field at all this, Greg. For sure, and I'm, I'm really happy to have you have you along for the ride on the, the Strange Realities Conference, man. Thank you. So, um, Senor Ovni, <laughs> are you going to wear the mask? I think I will. Okay, I think I it's should have never told anybody I got this. Miguel told me he said you should have just not said anything, but I couldn't not say anything because it's yeah. so beautiful. <laughs> I just made a total alternate persona. Yeah, I mean, this is, he said, what do you want it to look like? And I said, you know, the cover of Jung's um, Flying Saucers, a myth, modern myth of things seen in the skies? There is a dust cover, like maybe a second edition. Maybe it is a first edition, but it's just a head, a silhouette of a head against a dark blue background, and the head is black. And in the middle of the head, instead of eyes, there's two yellow ovals. 
And I said, start with that. And this is what mm -hmm. he came up with. Yeah. Can you see? Oh yeah. yeah there's little, there's like a little mesh right here. I can see yeah. through pretty well. Okay. okay, cool. Yeah. You kind of look like a bug. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and you know, the rays coming down, it looks like, you know, tattooed prison tears. There's all kinds of weird stuff with the mess. There's all kinds of cultural encoding in here that, you know, that mm -hmm. are, that, uh, Miguel, you know, I think he thinks about, um, I think about, and then there's things that he put in there that I'm sure that are just very archetypal that affect people on a different level than just, oh, that's a cool mask. You know, these these uh, rays coming down or, you know, instead of just an Adamski saucer, it's got flames coming out of it. I mean, that's great. And to me, that was a kind of, this is kind of a hybridization. This is like a, um, uh, a Anglo slash Hispanic uh, mask. There's there's influences from both sides of the border in this thing, and that's that's why another reason why I really like it. Cool. Yeah, you got to go to Mexico right before COVID hit, right, Greg? You got to pretty much go down there with uh, Miguel right before. Yeah, I just had to get out of the country for a while. Yeah, and so I went mm -hmm. down from March 10th to the 17th, and I rented a condo in the middle of Mexico City, and we kind of bachelor padded it for a week. Um, and Miguel drove me everywhere. We went to museums. We went to pyramids. He showed me stuff that you would never see if you were a, just a tourist or just visiting. And then I got to have dinner with his parents and his family, which is my favorite part of the whole thing. He said, what do you want my mom to make? And I said, whatever she wants. I'm getting somebody's, somebody's mother to cook me dinner. What am I going to tell her how to cook something or what I want? I said, he started listing things. And I said, he got to something I didn't know what it was. And I said, tell her to make that because I'd never heard of it. <laughs> what well, so what kind of what kind of places did you go to like that were kind of like that american tourists would never see like where did you where did you take him red pill um the we, pyramid that was really well, we went, yeah we went to teotihuacan and yeah. i uh really made the effort to to show greg some of the really interesting parts of that archaeological complex besides the touristy place that everybody goes where everybody tries to climb to the top of the pyramid of the sun and take the picture there although we actually couldn't go to the top if i recall that there was doing some maintenance or something and and and, and one of the places we went in that complex is uh, what greg is showing in his phone is that the, the what it, what it's called? Uh, okay. The, yeah, the temple of or, or pyramid of Quetzalcoatl, which I feel to me is the the most beautiful part of the of, of the whole place because it's the one that is uh, more um, untainted. Let's say that because uh, not not everybody knows this, but uh, those pyramids, the pyramid of the sun, the pyramid of the moon, have actually been uh, reconstructed by archaeologists starting from the, I guess, the early 20th century or late 19th century. So it's uh, it's not a, a real or, or a, at least not an original pyramid per, per se. You know, there is a, a lot of uh, uh, reconstruction, uh, probably reinterpretation. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we were there in the, in, at, the, at the top of the Pyramid of the Sun, uh, and where you can appreciate uh, what is called the uh, Calzada de los Muertos, the Avenue of the Dead, which uh, traverses 
the Teotihuacan complexes the, and, and, and lands on the pyramid of the moon, which is there but in the, in the background. Uh, where, what else? We also went to Xochimilco. Uh, I don't oh, yeah, know. You, pirates. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Greg got obsessed with the, with the pirates. It's, it's, it's getting bigger and bigger, that story. I think, again, in, in the end, it's going to be like, oh, my God, and there were like 15 people there who were, were, were trying to, to board us. Uh, so Xochimilco, those only two. Xochimilco is, uh, for those who don't know, is like the last remnant of the lake that used to like surround the ancient city of Tenochtitlan. Like th these guys, uh, because they were nobodies, they were like the late comers, uh, uh, late comers of the of, of Mexico. They didn't know where, where to the, build their their town. And somebody said, well, you know, there's a, that, that lake there, you know, there's a little island there. If you want it, you know, it's yours. Nobody wants, nobody wants to live there because it's full of uh, snakes and, you know, Swaps. all kind of vermin frogs. And the people who sent them there, they said, yeah, those guys, you know, they're going to die in a year of starvation. And actually they didn't. They flourished and they, they actually expanded the, 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 the original small island they started to expand it artificially, creating these, uh, what they are called uh, chinampas, which are like floating uh, islands, islands. artificial floating islands made out of uh, reeds and, and, and mud. And it's a very, uh, it's a very complex technique, actually. I'm sure uh, Georgia Sukalos has covered it in one of their ancient episodes. <laughs> yeah, the aliens taught the Mexicans ancient, uh, you know, uh, the botanical techniques yeah. from Alpha Centauri, whatever. Well, I think, the, I think the picture that Greg first showed, I've actually, I think I saw that in some ancient aliens book. It might've been chariots of the gods was the first time hmm. that I actually saw that picture. Yeah. Tatuacan, yeah. Everybody goes yeah. to, and, and, and to, I mean, Quetzalcoatl, right. I mean, the, the, the feather serpent. And there's even, there, there was even this guy, this, uh, American guy who wanted to make some kind of correlation between uh, Teotihuacan and the, the, the Pleiades and whatever. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, everybody everybody who goes there uh, draws the, the ancient alien or ancient civilization connection. Oh, that's, a, that's a photo uh, of uh, what it's called the Island of the Dolls. In Xochimilco, this is a place I think that became very famous after uh, uh, film director Tim Burton was taken there, and he kind of like loved it, you know, because it's creepy. It's full of these discarded toys that are hanging on from tree branches and stuff, and nobody actually knows how it started. You know? I guess you know somebody, somebody's kid decided to hang their toy there because they didn't want it. And start from building from there, right? And and it became like a, a thing. And after Tim Burton uh, made it worldwide famous, uh, like everybody wants to go there. And then they they charge through the roof to reach there. And yeah. we, we actually didn't go to the original one. That was like like a knockoff version because obviously, right? Everybody will will try to to make a profit from the the American tourists and say, yeah, 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 yeah. come to this one, come to my 
uh, Island of the Dolls, you know, it's cheaper. <laughs> I think there's a similar something like that in Memphis, I think, where there's a bunch of I'm sure. doll parts that are scattered around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's a nice uh, picture of Miguel. I'll stop doing this. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, uh, yeah, some some no, no graffiti, uh, yeah. anti-graffiti sign. Uh, and I guess that's in Coyoacan. Did you spray paint it? No, of course not. <laughs> okay, we'll stop here in a second. But one thing I made him let let me look for was um, these devotionals called retablos. Oh, right. People um, will commission them when they think that the, a saint or somebody has interceded on their behalf during some period of, uh, of strife or trauma. So mm-hmm. this is one of them I got. Yeah, actually, they are uh, retablos of people thanking the Virgin or whatever saint for not being abducted by aliens. Yeah, that's the one I have. This one is um, this guy's thanking, uh, giving thanks for um, being saved when a spider woman confronted him and tried to eat his eyeballs, it says. Well, thank God for that. Thank, <laughs> God, he had some inter- thank God he had some intervention there exactly. when that happened. Yeah. So re- Red Pill... <laughs> what uh, what is your presentation for our conference going to be about? I'll tell you. Ahorita, I'll tell you. No, I know. Uh, it's going to be about um, one of those little-known uh, UFO cases. At least it's not that well-known in um, American uh, uvological circles, but it's more popular in uh, in Latin American circles and and in and in Spain. It's very important in Spain because it started there. Uh, it became like the biggest thing in in Spanish ufology in the 60s and 70s. And I'm talking uh, about uh, the planet Umo story. You know, which is very complex. Uh, everybody who uh, knows about it might may, may, may know that, uh, oh, it was oh, it was this hoax of someone who was sending letters to ufologists and investigators telling them that they were being uh, written by, by actual extraterrestrial beings that had come from this uh, planet uh, orbiting a star that it's uh, 14.6 light years away, and that they had come to Earth in 1950, and they had been here ever since, and that for whatever reason, because it's very strange, their motivation, for whatever reason, they decided to start, you know, like, uh, pen palling <laughs> uh, 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 ufologies and, and the like with these very complicated, very strange letters describing their civilization, their science. Uh, and that's actually one of the reasons why people, some people took it seriously. It wasn't because it wasn't like your typical hoax. It wasn't like channel material uh, when, you know, you contact the Ashtar command or whatever. And, and instead of like explaining the actual, uh, you know, fabric of the universe or how, or how uh, flying saucers work, What's their, their their source of energy? They only use like the typical New Agey love and light uh, platitudes. Well, you're like, yo, you know, uh, love is you know universal language, whatever. 
no, here these letters actually went into the nitty gritty of uh, flying saucer technology, uh, you know, the nature of time, the nature of space, uh, their culture, they are, their language, which is, which is very rare because it's composed of these long vowels like O, A, W, and these letters were shown to, to linguists and they were shown to physicists. And some of them said, well, if this is a hoax, it's brilliant. So in the end, someone, you know, not to, you know, give the whole presentation, but in the end, someone did come up and said, yeah, I made it all up. Uh, you know, it's, it was a hoax. And the skeptics say, ah, aha, case closed, you know, and they closed that chapter on, on Planet Umo. But I wanted to talk about uh, why it fascinates me so much to this day and why it may not be as, as easy as, oh, yeah, just this guy trying to make fun of uh, ufologists and trying to, you know, like pull a, uh, uh, you know, like a prank on them just to, you know, look uh, smart in the end. Uh, I think it's more the complicated. Showed up on Voronezh, right? There is that, and there is also, I mean, uh, to me, there's like a certain correlation between uh, this case and someone like Richard Doty, right? And the whole thing about Dulce and, and the MJ12 papers. To this day, nobody really knows who forged the MJ12 papers, right? Everybody like points the finger to uh, Doty. But some people say, well, if it was Doty, he needed to have help. And if he was Doty, he had to have some motivation behind just instead of just like uh, making fun of uh, ufologists. <laughs> so I want to talk about that, and I want to talk about recent developments uh, concerning uh, what seemed to be like a you know close case or a cold case in ufology, because apparently some people to this day are st are still claiming to be in contact with beings from planet Umo, if you can believe it. Right. Right. Yeah. I have actually, I actually have heard this story, but you're right. It is one that is not talked about very much in the, uh, I guess, English speaking world. Exactly. It started in, was it Spain? It started in Spain in okay. 1965. Okay. Okay. Uh, and it's also it's important I get like to me to try to remember what kind of country, what kind of place Spain was yeah. in 1965. We have right. to remember Spain had come out from a very traumatic historical event, which was the Civil War that ended in 1939. I want to say starting in 1936. That's right. Mm -hmm. And and in, but back in the, those days, uh, they were on, under a, a fascist dictatorship. There's no other ways to describe the, mm -hmm. the, the rule of Franco, you know. So, in this uh, scenario, is when people start to receive uh, these communications. People who were already interested in, in UFOs, people who already uh, started. Uh, having these uh, salons in this very popular place uh, uh, called Café Leon, which is in, in, in Madrid, the capital of Spain. And there's this basement uh, that was called, uh, had the nickname of La Ballena Alegre, 
the happy whale because there has this mural of a, or like a whale there. And there's all sort of people who used to go there, you know, uh, poets, bohemians, intellectuals, even fascists. You know, this is, that is where uh, the, the, the founders of the uh, Falangist uh, Spanish party had their meetings before the, the, the start of the, the, the civil war. And maybe there's, I mean, there's some kind of weird right-wing connection, I feel, with, with the whole thing of Planet Umo to this yeah. day, that's, which is, is strange. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that, just you know, to keep people interested about these, uh, to me, fascinating aspects uh, of uh, ufology as, uh, as folklore or as, uh, you know, as uh, mythology. Yeah, I've been noticing that uh, kind of weird fascist connection to a lot of the UFOs, and especially mm-hmm. some of the contactee stuff. Greg, I know you could probably speak to some of that, but like, you know, the connections like Mount Shasta and Guy Ballard and um, William Dudley Pelly and all yeah. that, and even even Dave Adam Ski himself. What was that? I said Dave could too, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, talk about that right wing connection and how that's been um, there in the UFO uh, world for since almost the beginning, since before the beginning. A lot of um, yeah. uh, <laughs> urban Western occultism has been based around um, uh, what? A, ver- a very egotistical, um, uh, almost, you know, selfish right wingy kind of thing where you just, it, your, your happiness is the most important thing and right. everything that follows from that is not, you know, that isn't conducive to any kind of, uh, um, uh, compassion for anybody. Right. So, or some, kind of, some kind of elect group or something also. Yeah. yeah I think with, the, with the, the Pelly stuff though, the silver shirts actually were, a, like they were straight up fascist. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It wasn't even like a, that's not even a, a philosophical, kind of like, right. like once was, again i was trying to be nice go ahead <laughs> <laughs> let's, get, let's get right down to it they were fascists yeah. yeah they had like they had some pretty funky fascist stuff oh and i think too one of the things like with adamski and that you know a lot of these groups um towards the 60s or maybe even in the late 50s and that had the connections to going down to south america you know so you start to run into uh some of the actual Nazis that were over in South America post World right. War II and that. So there's an interesting kind of deep history there, you know? Yeah. And no, I guess it's, maybe it's some kind of like uh, inevitable, inevitable slippery slope that people find when they're started to, you know, explore this uh, rabbit hole of ufology. I think, I think too, you know, like with, uh, like the way Valet looks at Umo in um, Revelations and that, um, these organizations and these groups provide a convenient cover sometimes. I think Lavenda goes into that with the uh, Gnostic bishops, but also just in terms of the actual, like, kind of like parachurch groups and that they can, um, you know, religious organizations have an easier way of kind of filtering into different societies and they can, can kind of act as a, yeah, yeah, and act as like a kind of like a carrier vessel for other ideologies and that, you know, especially if you've got um, people that are traveling, you know, that was something I noticed, this isn't about fascism, but just about these kind of this idea of like a, an overall kind of um, 
communication through this stuff. When I was looking at uh, Ray Palmer's Flying Saucer magazine, the stuff from the fifties is amazing because if you look at it in the context of the Cold War, um, Flying Saucer magazine was acting as kind of open source intel from around the world for all these people being like, hey, I saw this in the sky. You know, so if you know what was flying up in the sky or what may have been up in the sky, whether it was a Russian satellite or, a, you know, European test or, you know, whatever, uh, U.S. missile test or something, you would know, oh, hey, well, this person is, you know, they're writing in from this area. This is probably what that was. And Palmer was aware of it because you start, you know, as you read these magazines, he's, you know, he's almost like poking the bear with this kind of stuff where he's like, well, we got these reports from South America about these things that look like missiles being launched at this time. And then couple a couple issues later he's like oh well by the way we found out that this was a satellite launch or this was a missile test you know so it's really interesting these things um they're weird so people don't look at them you know yes. so it provides a convenient place to sort of sneak in other messages and that you know and even with the umo story uh there are these um uh claims <laughs> right yeah you can find the symbol anywhere uh, th there are these claims that one of the reasons why these letters were sent to people, not just in, in, in Spain, but also in France and, and other countries, is that they were used for espionage, espionage yeah. purposes. Because like, like David says, it's something that will uh, pass through the filter of censorship and they will be, be able to reach people behind the Iron Curtain. Yeah, and if you think about cryptography and stuff, if you're sending a letter uh, in terms of cryptography, it wouldn't have to have what you're encrypting into that letter may not have to have anything to do with what the topic of the letter is. You can encrypt the message in your punctuation. You can encrypt it in uh, damage to certain letters. You know, well, here they were using an entirely fictitious, yeah. language, allegedly fictitious yeah. uh, language yeah. you know, with, yeah. with their own. Uh, different uh, uh, words. And what's interesting about UMO is that it's very easy to remember. Yeah. Because, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the word for house, or that's the word for flying saucer, and that's the word for man, and that's the word for whatever. So I don't know. You know. Yeah. Like well, said, I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should be. Um, you know, there's two things. What David was saying, this actually, you know, of course it goes on actually wrote about it in Project Beta, um, Bill Moore would get postcards right. from from Russia. And what they were apparently from was from, you know, I am I am Russian UFO researcher. I'd like to know something <laughs> about research. And what would be in the messages was what you know what, what Bill had to do was go to a phone, call a number at a certain time and read the message verbatim off the card. No all punctuation, everything. And somebody would just say thank you and hang up. And then he'd have to go to a post office that would he was so weird. That's so weird. Take the mess that postcard, put it in an envelope, and send it on to another address. Just some innocuous address that was like a house address. But it was being forwarded on to somebody that collected all the messages up that were coming in. And the the what they were was not, you know, Russian UFO researchers. It was people in the country telling them how they they were making the missiles and where factories were located how many cars were coming out of there or whatever. Those were all encoded in the, I would like to more know more about UFOs. And then the reason he forwarded them is probably there's like microdots and stuff like that with more information. Who knows? So 
what a microdot is basically like the period at the end of a sentence and if you put it under a microscope it's an entire message yeah yeah it's kind of like similar to like so like similar like barcode i guess with yeah. the later development of or it. yeah you can it's you just can, really really tiny writing <laughs> yeah and the contemporary version of it now is you can encode in images um you can encode messages in the jpeg so yeah. the JPEG has certain, you know, irregularities that if you have the right uh, app or not, whatever, you know, the right algorithm to, to decode those, yeah, encryption things. Yeah, yeah. In, in the letter, in the UMO letters, yeah. uh, they were well, like, all, you know, the JPEGs like, um, sorry, uh, these so UMO ahead, letters ahead, were stamped with, with, with something that was, uh, that had the, the, the symbol, right? And uh, they were using something like uh, what do you call this? Uh, something that you, you 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 will put on the uh, on your thumb, and then you will rubber stamp it. And 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 the guy who ended up confessing the hoax said that that had tiny tiny coding in into the 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 the, the seals that only uh, spies with very sophisticated equipment. Could decipher again? Who knows? Uh, uh, this guy was something of a pathological liar, and even something of a. And, and I will, Imagine I will, that. Talk, I will talk about it. He, he was something of a sex deviant or even a sex offender. You know, there's a there, there's there's right. a, there's a lot of, follow around ufology. There's a lot of nasty people. sex stuff in this uh, in this case. Even and I'm sorry to say even. Uh, child molestation yeah. involving some of the branches of, of almost the case. Well, I don't want to give too much away because we want to save that for the all that yes. good stuff for the for the conference. <laughs> yes. uh, but uh, David, let's get to you, man. What are you going to talk about? I am going to try to uh, open up the realms of magic that are available at gas stations and grocery stores um, with such beautiful uh, objects as the gas station dream books, um, which are encoded, speaking of codes, uh, mm -hmm. encoded <laughs> ways to win the lottery uh, through dream interpretation. Nice. Um, yeah, here's a, so these are lists of, of things that might appear in your dreams. I think these are names. Um, and these have been around for over a hundred years. Um, they used to be associated with a game called Policy. It was an early form of lottery. Um, that was run a little bit different than the lottery um, in inner cities and that. But they've now kind of tied into state lotteries and that. Um, and they provided a, an interesting kind of window to uh, the world of hoodoo and conjure, um, which, you know, folks kind of think of as exotic. But I pick these up at a, a local gas station and I can get them at quite a few local gas stations in the area um, where I'm at near Athens. So, um, and I'm also going to kind of tie that into uh, books you can pick up at the grocery, uh, such as uh, Strategy of Satan, which is a book on exorcism, you know, so another kind of exotic form of magic uh, practice that people look at as sort of out there and, and fringe, um, most of the time focused on Catholic practice, but which you can go to any Walmart or grocery store a lot of times and pick up in their inspirational sections, um, that kind of, these basically exorcism manuals. Um, another one, this one was available at Walmart for a long time, The Day Satan. Yeah. Hey, all right. This one, this one is- Satan, are you there? Yeah, <laughs> a true encounter 
uh, with demon possession and exorcism. This one is fantastically lurid, um, completely just pulp. Like you know, it, it's a it's essentially a horror novel. Mm -hmm. uh, masked in the form of a, a true confession by a pastor. And this was in the nonfiction, you know, the book was in the nonfiction section. Um, mm -hmm. the, the pastor claims that at a certain point, his uh, radio ministry started receiving phone calls from a possessed woman. Uh, and mm -hmm. The story, story rips through there. Um, but that was, this was actually on the, uh, I picked this one up at Walmart, right? So, um, you know, these are things that are available just anywhere that sort of open up this whole different um, picture of the everyday world. And then my personal favorite, um, <laughs> the old farmer's almanac, oh, yeah. which is a beautiful uh, invitation to, you know, um, let's get to the good, the good stuff. You know, it's got these fantastic, and obviously on the PowerPoint, we'll actually be able to see things, but, uh, <laughs> fantastic like the conjunctions you know you want to do a spell on a certain time when the moon and certain planets are aligned old farmer's almanac has you covered you know um they also have you know instructions for how to plant by the moon the lunar cycles mm. well, if you want to plant a spell right you know spells grow just look at the look at the lunar cycles um and this is one of my favorites is the the man of signs right so this is if you want to heal parts of your body and has the zodiac signs that are associated, you can just flip back to that other page and see when those zodiac signs are in the right alignment to, uh, you know, fix those, those parts of your body. And so one of the things I'll be discussing is um, what, you know, this is, again, grocery store, old farmer's almanac or CVS pharmacy, that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, being able to uh, tie that into some Qigong practices and uh, some practices that are associated with uh, hermetic magic and that. Mm. Yeah, cool. you were calling them gas station grimoires, which I thought was like a cool, really cool phrase. Yeah, this is the, these would, this this would be an example of the uh, you know the grocery store grimoire kind of thing because it's you can pick this this one again was at Walmart um, and uh, you know I'm. It, a lot of times because I live in Georgia, people will ask me, you know, well, is that because you're in the South? And when I was up in Chicago, I was getting these books as well. My, this, this research started up in Chicago. It actually, it, it fully kicked in when I was, I noticed that the Philip K. Dick exegesis was sold uh, on the Walmart website, which they sell, you know, they sell everything. Um, mm -hmm. Diana Pasolka's book is up on Walmart. You can buy it from Walmart, but um you know, I so I went on a quest and I was like, I wonder if they physically have this thing in their book section because I would love to pick up Philip K. Dick's Exegesis from Walmart. Like that would be the most dystopian <laughs> purchase, you know. And they didn't, but they had they had you know more yeah. books on exorcism than that. And I was like, well, you know, it's just as good. I yeah. was actually in a grocery store one time, and it was in Georgia. I mean, it was around the Atlanta area, so not as quite far out from a major city as like you, but. They did on one of like the end racks of the checkout, uh, you know, station. Yeah. Just like at the bottom of the rack, there was this, there was the, the guide, like the, uh, the rules or whatever, the beliefs of the hermetic order of the golden dawn. What? And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. See, that's what, yeah. Like, 
Well, and that's the Hobby Lobby is another one. They don't, Hobby Lobby would never have that. That's an actual, that's a pretty amazing find. That must have been like a warehouse mix up or something. They were like, <laughs> let's, you know, let's test what we can sell. Um, and that's, you know, I've done some academic research on why exactly Walmart is selling exorcism books. And the, you know, the kind of mundane answer is because it makes money, they sell, right? Mm -hmm. So, which mm -hmm. is interesting in and of itself because there's a market then for people to buy books on how to, you know, practice exorcism, which is fantastic. That it was enough of a market to, to trigger a corporation to be like, yeah, we need to stock those across the country. Mm -hmm. you know? uh, so, but yeah, I mean that uh, at Hobby Lobby is another major reseller of these things. Hobby Lobby has a fantastic selection of uh, grocery store grimoires, which I guess that would be a hobby store grimoire, but um, <laughs> yeah. Doesn't alliterate as well. Yeah, it doesn't. No, it's not as it's not as pithy, you know. So that, <laughs> but you know, and Hobby Lobby is interesting too, along the same sort of lines. In you know, we're talking about earlier groups that allow, you know, for kind of a secret undercurrent to float through them. Um, I've been looking at Hobby Lobby like an insurgent organization um, because of their you know political platform. The fact that they were uh, they were bringing over stolen antiquities from yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, they're like, they're yeah, like that's they're crazy. Kind of, yeah, you know, and so there's there's these secret avenues in our everyday lives. So my presentation will be on, you know, just a couple different ways to access those. Yeah, that's really interesting. Nice. I know you've talked about how, um, like, in addition, like how the farmer's almanac can be used for magical workings. You've also talked about a lot of that evangelical stuff. Like, yeah. it has the names of demons and yeah. it has techniques where you could like potentially reverse engineer those yeah. books and summon demons yeah which was which was pointed out by a uh one of the the guys who writes grocery store grimoires this guy Derek prince obviously he doesn't call them that but um you know Derek prince is a um a neo-charismatic uh he's passed away now but he's a really popular you can still hear him in a lot of christian radio stations there's a Derek prince like hour that they play um and uh, in one of his books, he talks about pastors um, back engineering the exorcisms so that they could, you know, conjure a demon or they would get somebody who was possessed, you know, or allegedly possessed. And they would then work with that spirit in order to gain power and to gain knowledge and that kind of thing, um, which was it was it was a question that I had because I was seeing these things and they're, they're grimoires. I mean, they have lists of they have lists of demon names, you know, um, and uh it it's just you can easily see that anyone who knows anything about conjuration could use these things to conjure whatever is is mentioned in this thing um but i was wondering you know does this ever happen in the church as well you know I and mean, you mm -hmm. get like obviously there's all sorts of deviation and uh nasty stuff that goes on in congregations so it made sense that that would be possible and sure enough Derek prince writing i think in the 80s 70s um you know mentions that this was occurring so i'm i'm sure somewhere in some church in your in your suburbs or your you know your, your rural areas there's a pastor who's got one of these these books and sitting there working with uh you know things that maybe they shouldn't be cool what's the what's the working title you got for it um i don't remember do you guys have that called up? I sent that to you. Yeah, I, I think I think I think we have it somewhere. I, I could find words, it. I could find it real quick. Yeah, words I write disappear quickly in the brain. So 
cool. Gas station and grocery stores. <laughs> you guys are the organizers. You're supposed to know what I told you. <laughs> You're asking me what I'm presenting. Come on. Oh, it's getting close. I were, you got probably I got remember there was something about the uh, uh, about the right winginess of the those groups um, of early contactees. A lot of them talked about planets with perfect societies and people. Oh, yes. Free love and all that. That does not allow for anybody any real individuality. In fact, it mm-hmm. kind of, and so that's why you know one there there were the government was scared of them because that's communism. Um, mm-hmm. But it's also the feature of a kind of a right wing fascist society too. Anything yeah. that goes too far to the left or the right becomes that way. And so right. I think that that's their their idea was that we've had so many problems being so individualistic and having so many different countries, and now we got the bomb and. They were so scared of the atomic bomb, so they just said, well, space people don't live like that. They're all the same. Right. They, don't, they don't, you know. Uh, Buck Nelson actually wrote that he was pleased to see. He was a kind of a, a back backcountry contactee from uh, Kentucky or something like that. Anyway, he was from the from the Appalachian. And he uh, he was pleased to see that there was racial separation on, on, on the other planets. <laughs> otherwise they realized a long time ago they couldn't get along if all the races lived together so they had well at, at least he had his dog bucky right yes yeah. yep. david's david's title for his talk is hidden pathways of magic supernatural living in the american marketplace yeah cool yeah there you go yeah. uh to go to go back to some of that weird uh that weird fascist UFO connection stuff. Also, there's a tradition of getting uh, legitimacy through some kind of cosmic connection in the history of secret societies. And mm. there's all this conspiracy theory around the Nazis and other fascists, you know, getting, you know, channeling some kind of forces and maybe some kind of uh, alien race that had those fascist characteristics that they were trying to duplicate. So there's also that gaining legitimacy through, you know, we are the ones with the contact. Uh, right. We've contacted these people. They've selected us uh, right. to be the leaders of Earth and that kind of right. thing. Right. Yeah, we're the special ones because we are being. We're the ones who are in contact with these superior beings. Therefore, our ideology is the, is the right one. Yeah. So yeah, and, weird, and weird, and, murky uh, subject. Yeah, although it's interesting because Umo. Uh, like David said, you know, in in the United States, uh, the FBI was keeping tabs of, on 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 the contactees because some citizens were concerned that they were disseminating uh, communist propaganda, whereas the UMO stuff is not really communist. It's actually something a bit uh, weirder. It's almost like uh, capitalist technocracy these guys they say okay yeah we don't we don't use money but your wealth depends on how smart you are <laughs> and how well you perform in your in your in your work so they have these kind of like weird formulas that will uh, try to come up with how much money will you make uh, based on that also tallied by by computers because everything in their society was ruled by computers. They were these kind of like, part of them was kind of like nature-loving hippies. And part of them were like, yeah, everything is everything is ruled by computers. Even, even our marriages have to be determined <laughs> by the computers to see if, if, the, if the, you know, the, the 
the the groom and the bride are, are the right genetic match. Yeah, it sounds like. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, it sounds like the planet Umo, Umo in the galaxy and Rand. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and I was thinking, well, how, how horrible we've been in a place like that, and said, well, Google <laughs> almost sounds like a, like a, like a word from the planet Umo. Yeah, we're, we're, getting, we're getting there <laughs> on the pathway to Umo. The path is out. Yeah. Why don't you Umo that? Then you can find out what's going on. <laughs> yeah, see if there's uh, Google in the in the Umo vocabulary. It sounds like it sounds like one of those startup companies. It's got that ring to it. Some kind of app. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the new the new flying rideshare app, Umo, everywhere mm-hmm. by saucer. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much, guys. This has been very, very excellent. I really appreciate you guys coming on and doing this. Uh, tell everybody real quick where they can find you all. Uh, we'll start with you, Greg, I guess. You're the closest there to me. So. Uh, the, he, uh, probably the easiest way is to go to radiomysterioso.com. Um, and, yes, I will be some shows. Oh, that's what I was about to ask. <laughs> I, got four shows, I got four shows in the tank right now. Way on. Yeah, I know. Why, why don't you come live here and see how much of a wave one I am? <laughs> so, yeah, that's the easiest way. Or There's a Facebook group for Ready Mysterioso, too, with a lot of discussion. So, mm-hmm. Next. Red Pill? Yeah, well, you can find... Um, my articles in the website, the Daily Grail, www.dailygrail.com. Uh, I also have my own website, uh, absurdbydesign.com. Uh, I don't, I don't post articles there. It's more like a gallery of uh, my artistic work. Uh, commissions and, and cover designs and, and, and the like, and also where I put links to things like this. You know the, the interviews that I've been yeah. invited to. Is uh, art right? That, that's the one that started it all. That's his first art. That's his first cover, which was like uh, hit it out of the park. You know, bases loaded, um, mm-hmm. uh, a grand slam piece of graphics. Right, and. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for the moment. Cool. Okay. David? Dave? Uh, DavidMetcalf.wordpress.com is my blog um, that has a bunch of stuff up on it. Um, and then Twitter, David B. Metcalf, and, uh, and Facebook. I think it would be the places where folks can find me wandering around. Cool. And, of course, they can catch all of you at the Strange Realities Conference uh, September 25th, 26th, and 27th. Serfio, I'm disappointed that you did not have the, like, vocal modulation and suddenly just jump in with the, like, (laughs) that's literally... We hope it sounded like a monster truck rally. That was... That seriously, that made my... That made... I'm still joyful over the fact that it sounded like a monster truck rally kind of thing. And I'm disappointed that I don't think we're going to have Truckzilla or any kind of like, 
You Maybe got, we should kind of surprise us. We like, should have we, Bigfoot. Isn't one called Bigfoot? Yeah, yeah there's Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that would be great. Could just, I, I just hope that, you know, suddenly one of us gets cut out and there's just trucks coming. You know? <laughs> okay. I hope maybe for 2021. (laughs) (laughs) We've got a couple of surprises lined up, though. Sweet. Tim's got a surprise coming up next. Yeah. 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 I wonder what that's going to be. He's always got something. He's always got something to trick (laughs) sleeve, though. He does. Uh oh. You know? He's all sleeves. All right. Excellent, guys. Thank you so much. And, guys, we will be right back on this stream to uh, bring in Timbanal, John Tinney, and Aaron Gullius. So we'll see you in a bit. And we are live. Welcome back to Conspiracy Normal, guys. Special live edition, special Strange Realities 2020 edition. And we are with two more of the guests. It was originally supposed to be, well, presenters and speakers. Originally supposed to be three. I don't know where John Tenney is. Hopefully he'll show up at some point. But uh, we've got Tim Banal. Say hello. What's and up, guys? Aaron- Hello, everybody. Aaron Go- and Aaron Gullius is here. Hi. Well. How's it going, guys? Going very, very well. It's uh, it's good to see you guys. Good to see you guys, too. Um, yeah, this is cool. We've kind of got the Hollywood Squares thing going on, I think. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. We, we got the we got the whole like Hollywood Squares action going on here. We got six people watching this. Wow. This is this is amazing. Exciting. So. We are going to talk, guys, just uh, about what you guys are going to present at Strange Realities 2020 online. And I guess uh, we'll start with you, Aaron. Okay. Yeah. Uh, unlike the guys at 8 o'clock, I know what I'm talking about, and I even know the title. <laughs> so um, I'm uh, title of my talk is Happy Endings, Triumphalist Conspiracy Narratives Since the End of the Cold War. And uh, basically, this is sort of the topic of uh, the book I'm working on right now, the book project I'm uh, slowly working on. So, so many times, um, conspiracy theories, when, when you think about sort of big overarching conspiracy theories, what sort of comes to your mind is New World Order and FEMA camps and underground mm-hmm. bases and global enslavement and Agenda 21 and the and you know bad stuff. You know the the end point of all this is is really bad, and that's the the lever to uh, to, to get people uh, to get people moving to get people. I don't know whatever whatever Bill Cooper wanted people to do back in the 90s. Probably you know join a militia or send him money. So. What's different, what's, what's sort of looked at less are conspiracy theories that that end well, that, that say there is an inevitable good thing that's going to happen to those of us who are who are keeping the faith. It's a um, conspiracy rapture, if you will, um, that's coming down the road. So there's a number of angles that, uh, that I'm looking at. I'm not sure which I'm going to uh, fit into the talk uh, yet. It probably depends on how much work I've got done on each area, but there's going to be some, some UFO disclosure movement stuff in there. Uh, there's going to be, uh, there's going to be Nassara and talk about Nassara. Um, 
and uh, Nasara disclosure probably um, probably probably some other stuff he said vaguely um, but uh, Nasara and disclosure and uh, and things like that so let me look over at uh, oh, oh QAnon yeah QAnon um, how could I forget QAnon so some, uh, some little obscure thing you guys probably haven't heard of yeah I, I had to, I'd look over at my at my dry erase board at chapters um so uh so you know that that kind of thing so do you, do you think QAnon's a positive conspiracy theory though because i mean to i the, think he, mean, he means positive as in like a like it's it's going to end in a they believe a, a positive outcome what they yeah, want yeah right absolutely. right you know the bad guys they're going to get though you know they're yeah, i mean yeah. they're, they're already there i mean they're already there and what you're seeing now are you know like like body doubles and, and clones and things like that oh, i heard i heard uh, adam go rightly is in gitmo right now um it's very <laughs> sad, but, um, is he really yeah he is oh. uh, uh go in gitmo um of, of course his body double said that i'm in gitmo on twitter so um it's up to you to decide what the truth is. That's you know the point of conspiracy theories, right? So the thing is with these positive conspiracy theories, there, there's still you know a good deal of negativity to be had because you, you've got to go through all kinds of of horribleness before you get to the point where you know you know the uh, the, the white knights finally take the castle and, and make everything better and erase your consumer debt and use alien technology to eliminate hunger and poverty and um, and, and everything. Uh, so there, there's still some of that, uh, still some of that negative stuff, still some of that cover up stuff. Um, and that's usually used to uh, explain why things aren't good yet. Uh, things mm. aren't good because, well, the bad guys have, you know, you know, been doing this, or there's a, an airliner full of shadowy figures <laughs> or whatever the president said um, in the last couple of days uh, that was, I, I saw on the news. But yeah, um, yeah. I, you know what, man, there's so much that happens all the time. Yeah, I don't pay attention to a lot, but I saw that briefly this morning and I was kind of like, I just don't even know if I want to know. I think and, and this is yeah, a, pretty wild. That was pretty wild. This, this is a political statement. This is just a quote. Um, a fact checker from CNN said it was too dumb to fact check. So <laughs> um, which is, is sort of a one of the mo- nicest sort of low key put downs I've I've seen. Um, in a while, but uh, it's yeah. There's there's a lot of negativity while we're getting to the uh, to the positive stuff. So I'm I'm probably uh, this is what I've been working on with the writing, um, the, the book stuff. The last couple days is is looking at uh, the uh, the late Sherry Schreiner. Um, if you're uh, familiar with her, most people are familiar with her from if at all from the uh, the the cult show that was uh, on one of the cable networks. Yeah. That- did an episode on her um, because she had a feud with you though, right? Didn't she? Yeah, this was this was like 15 years ago. She, uh, I, uh, I, I got into it with her on a message board, and um, and she uh, she threatened to dox me, and uh, claimed I was possessed by Satan and working for the CIA. Which, you know, she's half right, but um, it, it's. <laughs> I'm not telling you which half, but, um, <laughs> but she, uh, some, somebody, you know, was one of her followers and, and, and killed somebody else. And, and she claims that, you know, th- there's reptilians, there's aliens here. The whole project blue beam fake UFO thing is just the plot of the new world order. But she also had like three or four websites just about Nasara and how Nasara was actually a scam, but not the scam. It really is. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? 
outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nassara's real scam is that oh, it's wow. the, the political and economic system of the New World Order. And so Nassara is being used to lull people into a sense of complacency and to get them on board with the aliens who are going to show up. Because some of the Nassara people started talking about uh, ascended masters like St. Germain that they were getting the information from. And so Schreiner said, well, St. Germain is actually um, the... Uh, not the Antichrist, but one of the Antichrist's friends. Uh, Sananda was the real Antichrist. Um, so she gets into uh, into this stuff as well. There's um, a website, radio used to be a radio program. Now I think it's mostly an internet program called the Prophecy Club, um, which is one of these <laughs> sort of sort of. I know, I know it sounds it's so so cheesy, but um, they've been around forever. They they were part of the whole Y2K thing back in the day, and they oh, wow. sort of talk up Nisara and Gisara, which is sort of the new iteration of it, a global economic reset that's going to come. And they, they sort of waver back and forth about whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, depending on who's supporting it and whether or not the guy who runs this organization likes them. I think deep down, he doesn't know what it actually is, uh, but he just knows it's a thing. He's it, It's, I mean, it's the most okay boomer conspiracy show you've <laughs> ever seen. This guy is like your crazy uncle. And um, it, it, it's 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 fun so that's uh that's sort of what i'm going to be talking about sort of these uh conspiracy theories with uh happy endings for the uh, the true believers and the real americans and those who are um those who are on the uh, the right side uh against the uh, the evil deadly cabal <laughs> it sounds like a it's really uh, a lot of these themes are really influenced by just uh like bible prophecy and and millennial uh hopes and ideas from this last uh, change we had, and of course, uh, when the year uh, one thousand came, also the right. same ideas. Right. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 a very sort of millennial thing, both in the the sort of literal sort of Christian sense of a uh, of a sort of millennialist eschatology, but also in a, a sort of just that general theme of there's going to be a time of change, you know, which, which is sort of a you know a political thing, but also you know, a, a cultural thing and um, never trust people who say they know when the time of change is coming, what it's going to be. Cause you, you historian talking here, you can only really recognize it, you know, in hindsight, 
you know, 20 years later, you look back, it's like, oh, that was a huge thing. Um, it's rare that you can sort of sense these changes going on at the time. Um, but uh, but everybody thinks they're seeing those changes and that they're on the uh, the cutting edge of the uh, of the change. So it's um, it's it's fun stuff. Cool. That sounds real, real fascinating. We're really happy to to uh, give that to the people at the Strange Realities Conference. I'm looking forward to it. Aaron, would you typify the flat Earth people? That's uh, um, a segue here, but but I, an honest question: Would you typify them as a positive conspiracy theory? I think some of them are. I, I think some of them are um, are absolutely on the you know like we are winning. You know, look how many people are believing this. We're opening the public's eyes to the truth about the flat Earth, and um, I could use that same tone of voice to talk about Q. I could use that same tone of voice to talk about anti-vax stuff. <laughs> um, but it's it's that sort of we know that in the future. What's going to happen is people are going yeah. to awaken to the reality of the flat earth. And when that happens, everything is going to change. You know, yeah. it, 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 it's, that, it, it's that sort of vapid kind of it's so going to be so great to finally prove all my relatives wrong sort of <laughs> attitude. Oh, you so. Um, you know, it's it's like finally Thanksgiving is going to be on my terms this year. Um, <laughs> that, that kind of, I kind of think it, it just you know that that sort of and and you know you, you sort of have to think about or, or wonder how many of these people and and not to not to denigrate them, but how many of these people are, are are sort of you know there's a a sort of social aspect to this. They they fall into these things because this is finally a group of people who who thinks they're brilliant. Who who thinks that that yeah, they yeah, are yeah, one yeah, of the yeah. people who knows the truth, and I've got <laughs> I've got this whole little community of people who who agree with me about this, um, which is you know everybody everybody wants that you know and it's you know we we all have podcasts and we all enjoy when people tell us that we're good, but um, the difference is we're not ruining the world. Well, I'm not <laughs> banal, maybe, but. Um, <laughs> I'm doing my best, but yeah, I, I think I think there are some aspects uh, to this with the uh, the flat Earth thing. There's, uh, you know, we're right; we're going to be vindicated. You know, the day of judgment is coming, and we're going to be on the winning side. Well, there, there is something I did want to run by you, Aaron, too. Yeah. Something that Tim and I were talking about last night. But actually, let's get to Tim's because this is going to go straight into what I was wanting to talk about. But um, Tim, what is your talk going to be about? And we have someone arriving here. Yeah. John Tenney. Hey, there he is. <laughs> Look, he's like still getting dressed. <laughs> <coughs> I like it. Uh, all right. So uh, what I'll be talking about is, well, last year at the Strange Realities Conference, I uh, did a whole, my presentation was on the history of the flat earth theory. So and then uh, at the end of the presentation, I announced to uh, the audience that uh, in a month from then, I was going down to Dallas for the uh, International Flat Earth Conference. So uh, I did that. And uh, here at Strange, well, there at Strange Realities too, I will be, uh, I'll be just sort of recounting this trip, going down to Dallas. Um, you know, nobody, I mean, a lot of people don't really know flat earthers. I'd never even met a flat earther. So it was like, if I'm going to write about these people and think about these people, I want to, I want to know these people. So, um, you know, I felt like it was kind of only fair. So, so I went down there and embedded really spent the whole weekend with them. 
Um, mm -hmm. A lot of these news outlets and stuff, they just, uh, I was telling the Flat Earthers at the time, they um, they just uh, they just come for like a couple hours and like film a couple stand-up interviews and leave. Um, I was there the whole weekend. I was at the bar with them. I was drinking with them. I was eating meals with them. I was like, eavesdropping on their conversations. I was finding out kind of like what we all enjoy, all of us who've done conferences, been to conferences, like there's always some little fucking drama you know, where this guy doesn't like that guy, or you just, he's, oh, this guy, he's, just, he's, oh, stay away from him. So I was like, so in with these people that I, I had like a pipeline to all, all sort of the inside track. To, I, I got as far behind the curtain as I could get, pretty much. Um, and uh, so I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about my observations of these people, um, you know, and, and how that's changed since then, because uh, as I was telling Adam last night on the phone, uh, I came out of it kind of feeling bad for them and thinking like a lot of them are really just misguided. Uh, uh -oh. that's what kind of holds. You're going native, Tim. Uh Oh, am I breaking up on you? No, I said, don't go native. What does that mean? Going you're native having, with the, with the oh, flat no, earth. No, you, no, no. Yeah, you're having, you're having sympathy for them. I did have sympathy for them. Cause, uh, well, as I'll talk about at the event, like, uh, uh, sort of as a preview, you get bombarded. They get so much hate online but like even i as an observer took a like was posting pictures to my twitter like here's just a picture of the conference hall not like oh isn't this great yay flat earth and all of a sudden on my twitter to this day to this day i still like randomly get messages from this post i made in november that's like fuck you flat earth is fucking stupid you're you know terrible thing so don't say anything. Oh, you guys die and shit. It's like, what the, like, what? Why? I just posted a picture. So I kind of was like, all right, I can kind of see why these guys are perpetually shit upon. But then all this pandemic happened. And then all of a sudden, all the flat earthers I became friends with became uh, like plandemic people. And I was yeah. like, oh, no. I've heard that observation. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, y'all were so lucky. Like, now I don't want to, you know, now you're all being like dicks about masks and shit. And I don't want, I don't like those people. So, so I was invited. So I told Adam last night, I was invited to Flattoberfest in Greenville, <laughs> South Carolina in October. Um, no masks required is the, is the, they, they, they made a point of that. Yes. That's the, yeah. That's the selling point is no masks required. So I will not yeah. be attending, unfortunately, <laughs> Flattoberfest. Um, you know, not, Tim, not to talk about the good old days and stuff, but I went to a UFO con in the early 90s. And the best yeah. thing about that UFO con was watching the flat earthers and the hollow earthers fucking fight with each other. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. It was brilliant. <laughs> uh, um, um, so, yeah. That's, that's what I'm going to, that's what some of the stuff, you know, like uh, some of the interesting stuff, uh, you know, I'll get deeper into it at the SRC online is um, like, which is crazy. I think Aaron and John, I, I think you guys have been in this for a long time. Like all these people, like to, to a man, to a lady, all of them had just gotten into this in the last three or four years. Yeah. Like they had no, they, they just, just woke up to the flat earth and they were into the flat earth and they weren't into anything else. It was like, what the fuck? That's a lot like no understanding. Yeah. It's a lot like yeah. QAnon or this yeah. pandemic stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they got hooked up through YouTube, so it's all kind of connected. And they had no understanding of, of like, 
if you watch five more back, you'll know more about the history of the flat earth than anybody who was in Dallas, aside from me. So, like, nobody knew who any of these people were that started this. No one knew where it came from. No one knew how it evolved from 1860 up to today. They had no fucking idea about any of that stuff. And I was like, what? This is crazy. So that's it. I'm going to talk about that. Talk about what the people were like. Share some really wild stories that I'm, I, I want to tell them now, but I'm holding them back for the for the presentation because, uh, sure, sure. you know, we want we want to get people to come. But the wild, wild stories, unlike anything I'd seen at a at a paranormal event, uh, just strange stuff and funny stuff. And, um, yeah, so cool. I think people really enjoy it. Uh, well, yeah. So my question, and, and John, feel free to step in on this too. Um, but so a friend of mine yesterday, a uh, couple, well, about a week ago, sent me this video of these younger guys that were, they interview the people at these conventions, I guess. They interview what they consider nutcases. And they were interviewing these people at the, the Flat Earth Conference. One of them was the guy with the hat that you told me about, Tim. Yeah, the top uh, hat guy. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll remember his guy. name by the time. Yeah, I'll remember his. I have like a five minute interview with him. I might run on the. So, uh, did you get a chance? Did you get a chance to watch that video? I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched just okay. the beginning of it. Well, so towards the end of the video, it started. It started getting like really ugly. Ago. And I've seen it a while ago. Yeah, it started getting like really, really ugly, and it started getting into like anti-Semitism. Like they were saying, like the Jews are behind this, and like it's the Rothschilds, and all this kind of stuff. And I, I was really kind of like taken aback because, like, well, I should have expected it, but I actually <laughs> didn't from that crowd. And it was inter, but it, but then it was interesting to me that that was actually a part of it, even though it's just disgusting. But you know. Aaron, what do you th- like? Where do you think that that like stems into flat Earth? It's like it's I, it's I, every I, conspiracy theory mashed together. I think anti-Semitism is the is the original OG yeah. Western yeah. conspiracy theory, and it's always it, just a stone's it throw gets away. worked into everything. Um, it, it it really does. Um, whether it's from the the socioeconomic political standpoint or the the religious cultural standpoint or the the nationalistic standpoint you've got these these three sort of you know vectors of anti-semitism that come in and and the religious one going back and the economic one too going back you know to the the middle ages and beyond and then the the sort of nationalistic stuff in the uh, the late 19th and early 20th centuries sort of emerging It, it just it's it's so pervasive among those who delve deeply into conspiracy theory that it's going to show up at some point it's not if it's it's when mm-hmm. uh, it, it's, yeah. i posted a thing on twitter today about uh i what you know I'm, my parents live with me and so i try and watch non-provocative stuff things my mom has dementia so things that will keep her calm and whatever mm-hmm. and so we were watching little house on the prairie and it was about the jewish man who lives in towns and if the kids yes. can get his if the kids can get his hat off because jews have horns and, yeah, on episode house on the little house on the prairie, and I was thinking to myself, you know, I watched. It, I was like, oh shit, like I can't escape hatred anywhere. And I started realizing, like, 
Aaron, you were just saying, like, that's one of the things that underlies a lot of these conspiracy theories is there is this even religious, deep rooted belief that there is a group of people who are the devil. Mm-hmm. And if they're helping out their own community that and they're not helping out ours, like there's right. this weird like mindset in Christian evangelicism, like if if you're not like the the if you've not like you know been awash in the blood of the lamb like you are of the devil and it even leaks through in the shit like little house on the prairie like yeah. it was unbelievable they're scaring That's kids by, on the episode they're scaring kids by running around with deer <coughs> antlers like pretending that they're the devil horns on the guy's head it's crazy i, I swear i remember this one from when i was a kid yeah yeah I, and yeah. then what of course it's little house so what happens you know at the end is the old Jewish man explains all their customs and why they wear a hat so that they're recognized that something is always above them. And, uh, you know, I think Paul Ingalls ends up sitting Shiva with the guy when he dies. Mm. And, and, but, but still like the idea of, yes, that was what the world was like back then. And it hasn't changed right. at all. Right. That's pretty wild. We've just moved it into, into different yeah, areas. Reptilians it, from outer space. They're not right. the devil anymore. You know, they're still it, it, horned tailed creatures. Right. And, and the, the people who say, well, the reptilian thing, that's not anti-Semitic. It's like, just read it. You know, right. <laughs> it's like if, if you're, if you're fingering the Rothschilds, you're pretty much all the way down that road, David Icke. Um, so <laughs> it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's been there. It's been there for you know, 2000 years, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and longer. I mean, if you look in in pre-Christian times, if if you look at the the Babylonian captivity and and the Neo Assyrians coming in, you, from the moment that um, that the, the 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 Jewish people were sort of destated, you know, originally, there's there've been this sort of you know movable population, and then after that time, under the uh, under the, uh, the 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 one group, the Seleucids. Um, then then the the Herod Herodian dynasty under the Romans there's always the, the political zealots who sort of fought against Rome resented the uh the the Jewish leadership who they saw as collaborators you know there's always been this sense that you know there's this this core group of people in power who are keeping the rest of us down even within you know that own community that that sort of division within that community so there there's this there's a lot i mean it's it goes back uh, a long yeah, way it, it goes back a long way and it, i mean some of that stuff can be traced too, because you have a religion that runs, you know, so you have pre uh, Hebrew and pre pre Judaic uh, religions that are basically lunar cults, Mm -hmm. you know, because they're based around a lunar mother. And so you have, you know, holidays beginning at sundown um, and you have Moses with, with horns because it's the crescent moon you know, being over his head, you have like all of that stuff. And so when you have all these solar deities that have been embedded in people for so long, and then all of a sudden you have a group of people who are worshiping the opposite or seeming to worship the opposite, they must be the devil. Right. <laughs> well, not to mention just the, the history of uh, the where Western occultism really came from and, and how much of a large influence they had in that. So if you are in this anti-occultist framework, you know, then it's not hard for the, they start pointing the fingers at, at those communities. Yeah. I was surprised when Adam told me about that last night, because I can say, honestly, I didn't hear any anti-Semitism from the uh, flat earthers, but I heard a lot of other questionable uh, <laughs> takes on things. There was a lot of, there was a lot of like, um, 
there was an, an air, let's say that, I won't say a lot of, there was an air of homophobia and a, and a surprising, there was a surprising amount of transphobia, which really struck me as like, what a really like specific thing to be like, because like in different group, like two or three different places, I heard like transphobic comments. I'm like, what a weird hang up for, for your flat earthers. Like, I, I guess it makes perfect sense. Like, I, I don't know, but it's like so really specific. I'm like, why are you so, you think the world is flat and you're really upset about transgender people. It's like you, the, the two, like the two circles there, like really the Venn diagram of that, that's where, that's where you well, find it. It, 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 it seems earth. like it's this big melting pot of just about everything. Cause like if you, because there is that that real religious um, evangelical. I don't. I mean, I even has fundamentalist is really what it is. Fundamentalist aspect to all this of just like, well, we we got to really get back to the Bible, and to get back to the Bible, you know, obviously the Bible says the Earth is flat. Apparently, according to them, yeah. so like that that makes them. Yeah, it's a lot of young earthers too, right? Yeah, like right. Yeah. six thousand yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. And well, that's what I describe them as. They're like OG creationists. They're yeah. so to, to yeah. steal kind of Aaron's thing. They're like they're so uh, they're so dedicated to the book that they they even think the creationists like sold out. They're like yeah. you know they're yeah. like oh you or you don't think if like the world is round then you're not a real creationist because right. we go. We go right down to the letter, man. We're right yeah. down to the flat Earth. So, yeah, that's I kind of perfect. Hey, Tim, I think I can, I, I think I can, can solve your Venn diagram issue with the transphobia and, and the flat Earth yeah. stuff because it's it's all about opposition to what they feel is an agenda being pushed on them by elites. Yep. And that's ah, that what, makes sense. That's yeah. what whether it's you know the nature of the Earth or whether it's uh, gender and sexuality. This is this is something new, something different, something that's not from here. Something and to go all 1920s, something that's from the city and not from here in the countryside where real people live. Well, so, you yeah, know, there, yeah, that's definitely the vibe. Yeah. There's, there's an economic part of that too, which no one ever discusses, which is, you know, you have that idea of elites are in control of everything. These elites can do all these things that I can't do. They're so elevated above me. And I was talking to a couple of friends of mine and uh, Barry and Bill, and I, we were talking about like homosexuality and how it's perceived. And and Bill and Barry were like, "Well, everyone thinks that we're elitist because we have money because we don't have kids. We're two mm -hmm. white men making what two white men make in business, and we don't spend it on kids, so we have tons of extra income. And so we always seem gay men always seem to be affluent, and people resent that. And I had never thought about it. Yeah, yeah that's that sense, I've yeah. I've 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 heard I've heard that from from you know friends of mine that you know there's this you know along with the the usual stereotypes of being very sort of well put together and stylish right. and, and you know things like things that that sort of say you know I've got the money and the time to right. invest in in my appearance and in in my lifestyle and everything like that when when really people are just people <laughs> everybody's got student loans you know you get up to a certain level it's like yeah. you still got the, the same student loans as the uh, the hetero couple with five kids you know so kind of taking it a little bit back to a little bit back to QAnon uh, one of the things that we've noticed a little bit kind of like our own discussions has been like a lot of the focus on the kind of like the pedophile ring and all that now I mean that's essentially like you were talking about the OG conspiracy theory 
that is essentially part of the OG conspiracy theory oh, yeah. because that's essentially yeah, yeah. blood libel. You know, it, it, you got blood libel. You got you got um, you got the uh, McMartin preschool thing. You've got satanic mm-hmm. panic. You got Geraldo, and and you've got it all sort of multiplied yeah. through social media. I was um, I, I saw this on the Facebook page of a young person. Um, I am acquainted with who always seemed very sensible to me. And it was a fundraiser for an organization that was fighting human trafficking. And I was like, oh, well, that's, you know, that's something that you see. But then I read it and I got down to like the third paragraph and it was something like, we have a team of former intelligence and military operatives and special operations people who are concentrating on freeing these children. I'm like, oh, Jesus, it's QAnon. It's like we're freeing the mole children under Central Park. This isn't actually fighting you know human trafficking like we're working with in cooperation with actual law enforcement agents no we got we got james bond's retired cousin who's you know helping get the kids out of the bunker or something it's and i i was gonna like well i'm going to start a fight over this and that's like no i'm not you know i'm i'm sometimes you realize that my emotional energy is not as well spent trying to correct every wrong person that I know. Um, but the, the, the whole Wayfair thing, um, yeah, that was, just, crazy. you know, just, uh, just sort of, it blew my mind when I saw people I know, like actual in real life, believe this, because this isn't something, this is something that you're yeah, like, <laughs> it's sort of, it's sort of a meme. You know, you, you sort of think that this is something that people say people believe, but nobody actually believes it because it's so stupid. But then you say like, you know what? I watched this this YouTube video by this guy about this Wayfair thing about how people are trafficking children by purchasing these massively overpriced things. And, you know, it, it's, you know, I, I don't know if it's true, but I think it's worth paying attention to. And it's like, it's not. It, it's not. And and and, and to, to bring it back to my sociologist friends would love me for this, to bring it back to to class a, a, a little bit. The the whole Wayfair conspiracy, you know, it also sort of there's a little bit of I can't believe people pay this much for stuff right? You know, mm-hmm. in it too, because Wayfair is a lot of it's stupidly expensive, but yeah. some of it is like, no, that's, oh, yeah, what you're yeah. gonna, that's what you're going to pay anywhere, but Walmart, you know? And, you know, so there, yeah, there, yeah. there's also a little bit like, well, I, I would never buy anything from the site, but you know, it must be for something, but I don't know anybody who buys anything from here. So it must be for these other people. And what are they up to? Because they're different from me and, think they think they're better than me they think they're better than me and they think they're smarter than me um and you know that's always been an aspect of conspiracy culture this sort of sort of class insecurity and status consciousness and sort of acting out about that but i i think social media makes it much more widespread and awful and and visceral than yeah. It might be, and it touches people who wouldn't have been touched by this stuff back in the nineties. Um, yeah, back, so, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, not, we all got into all this stuff. Is yeah. so, so fringe. I mean, now. not not to get all you know, get off my lawn, but does anybody read a damn book anymore? I mean, it's all it's all <laughs> the fucking YouTube. And mm-hmm. I was I, I I bought a couple of books that like were about Nasara for this book project I'm working on. I was like, oh, Nasara books, awesome. I can you know primary sources it's serious i'm not making this up i'm pretty sure 90 percent of it is just transcribed youtube stuff it's just a youtube narration that somebody self-published and <laughs> hey, i'm just this like it's gonna be on youtube so just wait for those comments and and i mean it's 
I love you, oh, YouTubers. You're, 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 it already you're, is on YouTube. You're, no, you, YouTube you're an apologist are... for the global pedophile elite. Oh, gosh. I, you know, I don't care if you get your information from YouTube, but double check it against something, you know, that somebody, I was going to say, put, there some, was, time, there put was, some time there, into. Oh. One, of um, my, one, of my, one of my friends who's a conspiracy guy, uh, he orders like everything and tries to stay current on everything. And he showed me this book that he had ordered off Amazon, which was a QAnon book. And it was called like, um, I'll have to find the name and, and send you guys the links, but you can't sample it. Like that. the sample pages are just photographs online. So you can't really read the book, but what's interesting is it's called like um, the development slash maze recovered or something like that. And QAnon. Right. And it's like 450 pages and it's literally someone took like from project Gutenberg, like public domain communist books and like like republished them and circled certain words and just put that as a, <laughs> out as a book. <laughs> I got to do that. I can make some money with and that. And like it sells and people buy it and they're like, oh, look, that word is circled and it's on page 13 and 13. If you go to page 31, if you invert it, the other, it's the same word is circled. And oh, you know, on the 31st of the month, this happened. And I mean, it's unbelievable. It's just a giant. Wow. Lark. Yeah. Wow, that's that's amazing. Yeah, just the getting the information from the, that's the biggest thing that you hear that you see now. It's just like that's where people get their all their information from is is YouTube or Facebook, and it's like the the memes and the hashtags. I mean, like the the Save the Children hashtag was basically a legitimate hashtag that got that got uh, hijacked essentially. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, the Wayfair thing that like the real conspiracy theorist in me makes me think that just like that could have been some kind of uh, maybe industrial sabotage. Because, I mean, if, if like oh, the compete, that, yeah. like a competing company right. with Wayfair could have been like, go start a rumor that they're, you know, that they're shipping children in these overpriced uh, cabinets. Yeah. It's freaking Ikea, man. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, yes. Ikea's got their own operation. All these Swedish kids are being shipped places. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Because <laughs> all, all, you know, all those, all those objects, all those items have names, right? Uh, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. But people yeah, were really, just like. Really what you, which really what you end up getting is Chinese seed packets. Somewhere. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Did you get some of those, Sophia? Did you get some Chinese seed I'm, packets? I've got a few bags of them. Yeah. Real, real, <laughs> real story here. My, my wife was, um, was like, sent me a, what she does. It's like, she, she like, like texts me like 18 Amazon links and says, buy this, you know? So I, um, one of them was like some Xenia seeds that she wanted for her flower bed. And, um, and I was like, I ordered them. I like, okay. She's like, Hey, where are those Xenia seeds? Like, Oh, let me check. It's like, honey, did you know those were being shipped from Vietnam? You know? And, and so we were like, we're, we're never getting those. She's like, that's why there were 50 cents. So finally three months later, they show up right when all this Chinese seed stuff is happening. And I'm like, so we ordered these, so I think it's legit, but also Vietnam is not China, but mm -hmm. geopolitical alliances, you know, regional Ooh. politics, is this a Chinese seed thing? And she said, ah, it doesn't matter. It's too late to plant them anyway. Throw them out. So I, I think we're okay. But I'll let you know. <laughs> like, I'll let you know. A few people that actually bought seeds from Amazon. Know, if, if the Triffids like, <laughs> show up, like, you know. <laughs> so, John, let's get to you. What is your 
presentation going to be about at the Strange Realities Conference? It's, it's a really cryptic name. I. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be something like this. It's going to be one of the things that I, I've been so fascinated with watching this over. I mean, it's so strange to think that in 1990, I gave my first lecture on the Kennedy assassination. Like, it's so strange to think that that was over 30 years ago. Like, mm-hmm. it just blows my mind. And, you know, we always talk about people in our community that are somewhat mentally stable, um, how much fun it used to be and how now it's really actually pretty terrible. And like there's terror and real horror around like every corner because people aren't using this as a mechanism to do uh, mental gymnastics to strengthen their brain. They're using it as a supplement for actually thinking and creating well-formed opinions and ideas. So I wanted to do a lecture about like how when you dive into conspiracy theories, whether you are left or right or middle ground, by believing in them, you all eventually will end up back in the same place. Very much like whether or not you want to love Big Brother, like like Winston does at the end of 1984. You know, he tries, he struggles, he he does everything that he thinks he should do to fight against the system and fight against the conspiracies in his own mind and in society. And yet at the end, like he truly loves big brother. Like he does, he's accepted the fact that this is the way the world is. And for me, one of the things I want to talk about is like, not that you end up going crazy. And when I say we all come back together, I mean that hopefully you realize that these things are conspiracy theories and that they are meant to strengthen your brain, to strengthen your understanding, to create a larger community with people, to construct new ideas with the people around you. That that's where you can get, whether you start at the right or the left or the middle. If you think about these things all the time, honestly, and you discuss them honestly, you find that it is enjoyable and that you do love it. That it's not something that's horrible and terrible. That's the the people on either side. And if they were honestly able to think about it, like, how did this conspiracy start? Where does it come from? Where does it lead us? How can it change me into a better person? Not how can that conspiracy have, how can that knowledge and that truth that I think that I've found, how can I use that to change the world around me? How can we together change the world around us? Because that's what has really fallen out of conspiracy theories. When I, I jokingly, when I was talking about like the hollow earthers and the flat earthers fighting with each other, like they did, and it was great to watch and it was a lot of fun. But in a true convention format, on Friday and Saturday nights, we were all still drinking with each other and hanging out and smoking, and everybody got along, and nobody was accusing anybody of being involved in the Jewish cabal or raping children or eating children or adrenochrome freaks. Like we <laughs> we we laughed about how crazy it was that we were thinking about this thing, you know, and we loved it. And that has been lost. There's no love and fun in the in the conspiracy community anymore it's hatred evil and you know either sideism and i i cannot stand it mm-hmm. yeah yeah so i mean that's the long convoluted way of saying i'm going to talk about how you can use conspiracy theories to make the world a better place 
Hey. Nice. Nice. That's good. Yeah. That's perfect. If you are, the, the funny part is, it's like if you're in, well, I mean, I think this cute thing's more of a cult, but it's like you're, I notice, and I notice this with the flat earth people too. It's like if you're in, in the cult, they're, and they're all around each other, that's when they are kind of like, they're like blissed out. They're like super blissed out. Like if you watch them on Twitter and shit, when they're talking to each other, they're like boosting each other up all the time. And they're like, and the sad part is if you read some of the comments, it's always, a lot of times it's like, my whole family fucking abandoned me because I'm a Q head, <laughs> but you're my new family now. Yep. And it's like, oh, dude, that's so but creepy. That is so creepy. But you know what? The thing that's interesting is that with adults that have gotten involved with like QAnon, right? They're sociologically, psychologically, right? Like they are, they are still able to, as an adult person, uh, that I'm going to make some assumptions here on adult people, but on adult people eventually get bored of stuff. They yeah. Get bored, right. And so like adults who are so fucking into this and it's just in bed, they've got nothing else to do right now. Right. Like this is full yeah. speed ahead. Right. If the world ever comes back to a place where it's like normal ish, where people are going to jobs and trying to get coffees and, and uh, filling out job applications, like, like you, you'll get bored of thinking of Q. Like that's mm-hmm. what happens with adult people. You get bored yeah. of your hobby. Yeah. Even your yeah. hobby that you love, you get bored of. The problem is, is that they are indoctrinating young kids into this. Yes. And yeah. then it becomes like religion because it is becomes an almost impossible to break away from. <laughs> if you're if you're mm-hmm. raised as a child with it, it's it's deeply embedded in all those formative folds in your brain. And that's where it's really problematic. Well, like you said, the pandemic is really a, a non-specific amplifier for all this stuff right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Er- Eric Davis has been talking a lot about that. He wrote that high weirdness book about uh, uh, Robert Anton Wilson, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dick and uh, Terrence McKenna, I think. And he wrote a, a blog recently on his, on his website that's talking about, um, you know, the idea of Chapel Perilous and getting in conspiracy theory, breaking with consensus reality, being this in- initiatory experience, and that perhaps during this pandemic right now with the popularization of all these conspiracy theories, like our society as a whole is going through Chapel Perilous. But the, pre- the prescription for that is that kind of uh, that agnosticism that Wilson talks about using conspiracy as a, as a game and embracing synchronicity, but not turning into a true believer, you know, using radical doubt and, and keeping your doubt and not just jumping to some other conclusion, you know? And, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, yeah, that seems like a, uh, you know, similar to what you're saying. And, and uh, I think it's the, the only way we can probably like save uh, some of the, better elements of this culture that we're all part of the, the the biggest problem is i agree completely with you the biggest problem is is that chapel perilous is fucking perilous like yeah it's yeah. for a reason man like you lose your fucking mind and the the watchers at the gate like they don't want to fucking let you through and you don't know if they're there to help you or hurt you and it gets pretty fucking dicey and yeah and i mean for these kind of metaphysical occult philosophical like discussions like Honestly, and I, I, I mean, generalizing, like fucking America, it is not ready for that kind of philosophical discussion. Yeah. No. Like yeah. we're not, yeah. as a country, we were not raised to understand Chapel Perilous and yeah. deep-rooted philosophies of the mind. Like my, my parents, 
you know, living with them. It, I watch my mom with her dementia. And the thing that's unbelievable to me is that the only thing that she ever really remembers is um, money. Where's my money? And do I have to go to work? Like, that's what's so deeply embedded in her brain. That's the thing that doesn't go away. Sometimes she doesn't remember who I am, but she wakes up every morning asking if she has to go to work. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. How fucking terrible as a society that that's the way that people have become programmed. Yeah. And now that this is disrupting it, you know, all these people have a lot of time they didn't have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 that's the thing. And Aaron mentioned this, and I'm pretty interested to know how many other of you guys have experienced this. Um, I try to avoid Facebook because it's just, like, awful. Um, But, you know, obviously I accumulated a lot of friends from, like, high school and shit and college, mostly high school. But the, the point being that, like, what really blew my mind was, like, people I knew were getting indoctrinated into this. Where it was mm-hmm. like, these were just people that I was fo- kind of knew following on the fringes through Twitter. I mostly stay on Twitter nowadays, so that's where I, and I follow a lot of QAnon watchdog accounts, like Travis View and a few of those other folks. Um, so that's where I see, like, complete strangers who are really mixed up in this stuff. But then I go on Facebook, and it's like uh, a, a, a woman I went to high school with. And, uh, uh, you know, another person I knew from when I was in high, like two or three or four people I went to high school with, like sharing like pandemic and sharing that save the children thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I know this person. And like one of them, it was like, I hadn't checked in on her in a while. And I was like, uh, I, I, her thing came up and I was like, what the hell? And like, I went to the page and it was crazy. Cause you could like trace it back. You know, you look at people's timelines on their page, you like go back, back, back to like February, March, all of a sudden, it was like this switch went off, mm-hmm. and it was just this flood, this flood of fucking Q pandemic shit. Like as soon as the lockdown started, and it was like, oh, she lost her fucking mind, dude. This is crazy. And I really like because I like to troll people. Like you know, I'm a I'm a light I'm a lighthearted social media troll. So like, I really wanted to just post like, hey Susan, we'll say it's not her name, but hey Susan. I just wanted to know, like, when the fuck did you lose your mind? <laughs> like, what the fuck happened to you? Like, seriously, I, I literally, like, I'm a, I, I wouldn't call myself a professional conspiracy theorist, but like, I, I'm a professional in the world of conspiracy. Listen to me, you're fucking crazy. This is not, this is not like the avenue you want to go down. Please trust me. I've been studying conspiracy theory for like a decade plus. Just don't, don't do this. But. You don't want to get involved because they, they're already so indoctrinated and so they're such true believers, like Aaron was saying. Well, it's yeah, like, it's and a I've especially come thing. to this point even, now even where I'm just like, I'm not going to change their mind. So I'm just yeah. not going to do it. And I'm not going to engage these people because it's just going to be a huge waste of time. So, but yeah, I've noticed people I know, that's the scariest part. People I know becoming, because that's when it's like, this is really fucking getting yeah. big. What what I was gonna what I was gonna say is is sort of going back to what what John was saying about how you know the young people are being sort of acculturated to this stuff coming up. Um, you know, it, it's like uh, kids who are raised in a religious tradition, um, regardless of what that religious tradition is, there there usually comes a point where where they either you know there's, there's sort of three pathways. One is like they run screaming away from it when they can. The other is they sort of lockstep 
just don't think about it. Just keep doing that. And, and, and the other, the third is, is they, they sort of step away, step sort of off to the side and say, you know, you know I, I think this is, this is what I believe. This is sort of, yes, I'm okay with this. And I, I've, I've looked at other things and I've thought about it on my own. Um, sort of going to what, back to what my talk is going to be about with, with sort of the sort of positive sort of, you know, sort of rapture like conspiracy theories that are out there. I don't think we've had another time where so many conspiracy theories like like the, the sort of hardcore UFO disclosure and and QAnon and and Nasara type stuff. I, I don't think we've had as many sort of almost salvation oriented conspiracy theories. So they're they're much more like, you know, traditional salvation oriented religions as you know more so than they used to be i mean nobody's gonna you know well fewer people are going to just like go all in on yep gonna haul me off to a fema camp just might as well lean into it but if you know they're gonna cancel out all my student loans and all my credit cards and the bad guys are finally going to get mo and everything's gonna be fine i can believe in this and this is this is a heaven that i can I can experience without dying. And, and I just got to hold on until it happens. I mean, we're already partway there with, with all the, the great people that are in, in office and in, in, in power right now. And they're, they're going to, they're going to clean things up. And every, everything is going to be fine. Everything is finally going to be fine for people like me, it's, regular, it's, ordinary working Americans, um, real Americans, you know, that's, you, that's always a catching the telling phrases. It's, yeah. You know, real Americans, like real Americans where Detroit, you know, they're real. <laughs> Flint, it's, they're real. It's We're utopia. Real. We're here. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's utopia. Well, it's an interesting. Uh, sorry to interrupt, Aaron, but you were saying it's interesting because I don't know if I met, talked about this with you, John, or someone else on my show this summer. But what you're describing, in a sense, uh, connects kind of to like something I've been complaining about with the God. Oh, please forgive me, UFO world, because where it's like I was saying, it's like back in the day, people were like, people were like, I'm a UFO researcher. They actually did research. Now it's just like, you know, UFO world, they just fucking react. That's it. They just react to what's happening. And that is almost the case, too, with the Q stuff, where it's like, they just wait for the latest Q drop. They just wait to be told what to right. think instead of, like, actually researching anything. And it must be something with the culture in general, maybe it's through social media or what. But it seems like UFO world, Q, all this stuff, it's like the main modus operandi of the rank and file followers of these stories is to react and process information they're given rather than actually like do do actual research and it's funny because the q people are all like we're a research group it's like no one fucking researches anything you know a handful of you guys do and then you put it out to these people and they then they consume it but it's like most of the people just reacting yeah you're absolutely right one of the things and with ufo like saying that ufo people used to like research it like even if they didn't research it you have i always i think about like um helen and bryant reeve right who were this husband and wife and they were like oh we love ufos we love contactees let's take a road trip all around the united states and meet them and talk to them yeah like we're not researchers but let's go and talk to them instead of just reading their books and then they drove around the country and talked to all the contactees like no one does stuff like that anymore, you know? Yeah. And well, I, I think, I think part of the reason is, is, you know, the nature of the experiencer has changed and, and sort of the, the experiencer that, that gets the attention. Now it's not so much the abductee or the, even the abduction researcher or the contactee. It's the person who says they have some sort of connection to 
the official world that they can't tell you about, right. but you know, I will dribble out information to you and yeah. you, you need to trust me. Um, and no, I won't answer your questions and no, I won't talk to you because you need to watch my show on the history channel <laughs> and, and, buy my book. and buy my book and come to my talk where I will not take questions. And um, I will be standing here in my my bulletproof vest and my goatee, and I will be, you know, <laughs> telling you about the five different jobs I may or may not have had at the Pentagon. So it, it's or, or you if know, you're Stephen Greer, lock everybody in the room and make them listen to your lecture. Oh man, you know it's 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 not too different from some of the the, the evangelical glory barn churches. You know, we're going to lock the doors and take the collection until we get enough. Then you can all go home. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's it's that sort of thing. Yeah. I, Aaron, you're, I, I don't mean to uh, press somebody else's stuff, but I, I, I saw someone post on Twitter today and I, I commented back. Have any or all of you or one or two of you, have any of you seen the uh, John was trying to contact aliens on Netflix? Yes. I haven't, uh, seen, I, I haven't seen it yet, but I, it's... I know of it. Okay. It's making me regret it's, canceling Netflix last week, but... Um, um, <laughs> it's, 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 about, it's about John Shepard who lives in Michigan. He lives mm. up near Traverse City. And back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, he built giant uh, a giant radio station, and he just broadcast music into space. Like he didn't, he wasn't trying to make contact with aliens. Like he was literally playing like craft work for the aliens, like broadcasting awesome. out into space. And it's just this little. It's a 16 minute documentary. That's his, it's a short. It's a documentary short. I'll check it out tonight. And I saw someone comment on Twitter because at the end of spoilers. Sorry for this for all of you. Spoilers, uh, he never contacts aliens, uh, but you realize the kind of Shyamalan twist at the end is you realize that he's a gay man and he has found his life partner up in Traverse City and they oh. listen to music together and it kind of ends with him saying, I've made contact, right? Oh. And it's this really beautiful UFO documentary. It has nothing to do with UFOs. And I saw someone on Twitter say, I just watched this, UFO people beware, um, it's a waste of your time. And I commented back, I was like, this is exactly the type of documentary that the UFO community needs right now. Yeah. Because it's not a person proclaiming to have all of the information that they can't tell us right now. It's someone saying, look at my interest in UFOs that made my life better yeah. and mm -hmm. helped me make another person's life better. Like, it's a beautiful thing that we need to see right now. And the fact that the UFO community is like, it's just documentary about this gay guy and he was trying to talk to aliens i'm like oh it makes me so fucking mad yeah yeah it, it, it's like um a, a documentary like uh farewell good brothers from mm -hmm. back in the 90s that were there look when they probably the last time some of these some of these of con yeah were, were you know seen a lot we're, we're seen alive that sounds grim we're, we're filmed and, and interviewed um but you know you, you you watch it and and this is a slice not just of of ufo history this is a slice of americana this is a slice of of you know sort of outsider art it's it's people's lives that they've uh, like the mengers you know that this this whole soap opera it's it's a soap opera it would mm -hmm. the, the menger story should be an hbo series it i mean it should be Absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll write it i'll get my union card i'll, I'll do whatever it takes I'll, <laughs> I, will, I will write the series but um it you know it and something like that today, it would just be, you'd have sort of the the hardcore sort of career skeptics on the one side saying, well, we all know that the contactees were liars and scammers and grifters. And then on the other side, be like, well, I didn't think there was really a, a, it, enough about the reality of the aliens and what we know <laughs> about the aliens. And, you know, 
lost in all of this would be here are, you know, eight, 10 interesting stories about interesting people and their lives and their beliefs and how they saw the world around them. And you're so blinded by your anti UFO ness or your pro UFO cover upness that you can't see like the, the reality of what this phenomenon is, which is individual experiences and how people have dealt with these experiences and expressed them and how that's affected the culture around them. And I, and, I think and how, whether or not that they were true, the brothers, right. the, the space brothers, whether or not they were real, preached all the same thing, which was right. try and get along. Right. The world is very precious. Right. Uh, work with each other. Like, I mean, that's why I like Buck Nelson so much. His story yes. is so his story is so crazy, but it's so beautiful. It's this lonely man who all of a sudden has friends and is holding UFO conferences and people are talking and laughing and commiserating. And yep. he's building what the Space Brothers, you know, were preaching. Yes. He's built a community. Yes. It's it's, a, it's um, funny you mentioned yeah. Buck Nelson because that came up in the in the first segment too with Buck Nelson. Oh yeah. Yeah, it did. It <laughs> not did. not in a good light though. Uh, hey, Bo the Dog is awesome. There's a dog, <laughs> there's a dog named Bo in it. Everybody yeah. shut up. It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay. Bo was the dog and was little, the dog. Buck, little, little, little Bucky little was, the was the space little man. Little Bucky yeah. is the space yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Guys, if thank anybody, you. Anybody, Go ahead, John. Uh, here, I'll, 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 uh, I have an original copy of Buck Nelson's book. I have actually have three. Oh, hell yeah. Books. Is any, nice. If anybody wants one, I'll think of a number now between one and ten. If you want to play the game, make your number guess now. Six. Seven. Four. Two. It was eight. Oh, shoot. <laughs> that was what I was going to say. Tim, is that you? Are you highest? Who was I highest? guess, yeah. I was seven, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Tim gets Buck Nelson's book. <laughs> All right. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Hey, Tim, wasn't there a surprise? Yes. Tonight? All right. Yeah, I was going to mention that before we uh, wrapped it up. Aaron will appreciate this. In true pro wrestling form, we want uh -oh. people to tune in to the big uh, to the big Strange Realities Conference uh, the end of September, 25th, 26th, 27th. I was asking you. That's why I was bothering you about when we're going to do these group chats. Um, what I was talking about with you last night, Adam, was like one of the things I really loved last year, and I do love about these conferences, is the hangout. And, um, and especially like the downtime at like, cause, uh, and Aaron experienced this too, when we were in Canada and John too, when we were in Portland. So I've hung out with all you guys at different conferences. Um, but, uh, I really like just loved like when we, we would go to like grocery stores a couple of times with Aaron and, uh, and you guys at Spirit Normal, we like went to the grocery store to pick up shit. So, and it's always like kind of fine weird stuff. So I was at the grocery store a while ago and I got these and we're not opening them tonight. We're going to open them. At the uh -oh. Strange Reality Conference. This blew my mind, and I'm really interested in what this might be. Okay, this is Captain Crunch Smart Food Popcorn. Yeah, I know, right? There you go. Uh, that's messed up. What Crunch berries. That's weird. Yeah, <laughs> it's Smart Food. There we go. Okay, Smart Food Captain Crunch Crunch Berries Popcorn Mix. And uh, I don't know what. I think they put Crunch Berries in with the regular Smart Food. I don't think it's like smart Captain Crunch very smart food flavor, but 
this was like on a display right at the end of the aisle uh, when I was checking out. And I'm like, what I the hell's gotta- going on in Massachusetts, Tim? What's going on out there? <laughs> legalization, I think, led to that. This is yeah. This is grim. You see, it's a it's a limited time flavor. So uh, I I got a bag and and we're gonna open it when we do one of the group chats over Strange Realities Conference. And I'll I'll open those up. Nice. Uh, yeah, at the event. You know, you know, yeah. you're a, you're a test market, and because you bought that, this is going to roll out all across the damn country. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's well, like I mean, thank you. You see, by the way, um, you you can all thank me because when I was in high school and they test marketed strawberry Pepsi in my town, I encouraged mm. people to avoid it at all costs because what the hell? Um, so um, you have me to thank for the lack of strawberry Pepsi in your lives. But now we're going to have Captain Crunch flavored popcorn because of banal here. And, uh, yeah, I just yeah. I just talked about on Twitter. I gave a thumbs down to uh, someone uh, had me try a hot dog water martini. Yeah, I saw you mentioned something like that. Yeah. yeah. So you take the water that you boil a hot dog in and add uh, gin to it, but it, well, it's not great. No. <laughs> yeah, that sounds terrible. So, uh, John, was that uh, was that up to the uh, was that offer to the YouTube audience too? Oh, is there a YouTube audience? There is well? a YouTube audience. And Dave Altman says that he guessed seven. He must have popped I, in. I had I had eight was my number. No one guessed eight. And oh. Tim, I already promised it to Tim. Okay. Okay. Well, unfortunately, no. Looks like uh what happened like to Phil? I don't know. I don't know what happened to him. <laughs> he dropped. He's gone. Well, guy, yeah, I hope not. He'll be back. I'm, I'm sure um, he's, he's fine. He's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully nothing. <laughs> hopefully nothing happened in Asheville. And uh, so, okay, we'll go down the line, guys. I'll uh, start with you, Aaron. Uh, where can people find you? Get in touch. All that good stuff. Uh, you, uh, you can find me at saucerlife.com or on uh, Twitter at saucerlife. Uh, anywhere you find podcasts, two or three places you can't. Um, if you're watching this live in the uh, the group on Facebook, uh, the new episode tomorrow, um, a zine scene episode where we look at Stuart Miller's four issues of Alien Worlds magazine from 2008. Oh, um, I remember a, that. A, a, it, was, it was great. It was 11 bucks an issue and worth every penny because he couldn't sell any ads. So there are no ads in the whole thing, which is also why it only lasted four issues. But yeah. um, it was a good magazine. So we take a look at that. It's a shorter um, episode because uh, meetings start this week and classes start next week and I've got no time. So um, it's a shorter episode, but not short. It's, it's like half an hour, which is enough. It's enough. <laughs> All right. And Tim? Uh, yeah. You want to find my stuff at Banal of America. It's B-I-N-N-A-L-L -L of America.com. Uh, we just posted an episode I cannot recommend enough with Allison Jornlin. It's good. Uh, where we dissect this Chicago Mothman story that is really a lot of BS. Um, yeah. I listened I actually, to a little bit of it today, actually. Yeah. And I actually had somebody mention, like when I posted it at first, they were like, I don't know. I want to. I don't know if I even believe this story. A lot of people in the paranormal don't believe this story for good reason. And you'll, and if you listen to this show, you'll understand why and you'll get, you'll, your, your misgivings will be, will be pretty much confirmed by listening to what Allison has, has picked up. And shockingly, I said to Allison, it reads like a, feels like a Coen brothers movie. Her, the reaction once, <laughs> once she got to the bottom of the Chicago Mothman, what happened to her after that, uh, with yeah. with the Mothman boys, um, <laughs> and then yeah. uh, and then this coming Friday night, 
uh, the Conspiranormal folks will definitely want to tune in. Uh, Friday night, 9 p.m., we're going to have Adam and Sir Feel on to talk about strange realities um, and just other stuff, you know. I don't know. I, I promise the listeners, it's not going to be like an infomercial. It'll be a conversation just like tonight here, uh, you know, a real conversation, not just like, let's go down the list of speakers. Um, so it'll be it'll be a genuine uh, interview, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. So that's 9 to 11 on Friday night, um, what, September 4th. So, yeah, tune in for that. And it's, again, Spinal of America, B-I-N-N-A-L-L of America. And follow me on Twitter if you want. I'm really active on there, Spinal, B-I-N-N-A-L-L. Okay. And Mr. Tinney? Uh, weirdlectures.com. Uh, everything, all my uh, social media is John E.L. Tenney. I tell people all the time, you can just go to Google and type Tenny, T-E-N-N-E-Y, and weirdo, and then follow any trail it leads you to. <laughs> okay, guys. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, st- stay with us here. I'm just going to take you off the stream for a little bit. And uh, Sergio and I can go ahead and just close off, close the show here. And uh, I'll bring you back in after that. All right, man. Are you there? I'm froze. You're froze? Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I can okay. hear you just fine. Cool. You've just got my okay. uh, froze yeah. face there. I just, I just got your audio. Uh, there you are. Hey. All right. So let's go ahead and finish this up. We'll just tell everybody real quick, guys. Uh, please, you can see down there at the ticker at the bottom of the screen www.strangerealitiesconference.com we are selling tickets they are going for $20 online and tickets are selling quick guys so please go and get those we are going to be streaming to a private Facebook account that uh, when you sign up you will need to get onto we can't stress that enough uh, Patreon is there Conspiranormal uh patreon slash conspiranormal uh we've got some great stuff up there especially a couple of extra interviews with the penny royal guys that we did because we had like a four-hour conversation that we're still putting out over the course of like three weeks apparently so really excited about that um and itunes reviews those are important as well but uh hope you guys have enjoyed tonight and have enjoyed seeing some of these guys and um we really want to you know interest you in coming and be a part of the strange realities conference go to strangerealitiesconference.com all right okay okay guys that's it and we will be back next time next week with six more people from the strange realities conference check us out at strangerealities.com and we will be back next week on Conspiracy War. If you would like to help the show, please consider becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com slash conspiranormal or leave a one-time donation at conspiranormal.com. And please check out our YouTube channel, Conspiranormal Podcast.